Gennaro Rewind, hosted by Matt Namofsky. Hello, NRL fans. Welcome back to the NRL Rewind podcast. I'm your host, Matt Namofsky. Welcome back to another preseason pod. I've got a, it's a journeyman of the podcast. He, I think he was on the debut pod and hasn't been on since, if I believe. It's Chris, Chris from London. How are you, mate? Fantastic, mate. Thanks. Uh, yeah, turned up in the Toyota Cup days um, and unfortunately spent a bit of time in, in, in Reggie's, but we're back. Got the call up. I feel like you had your debut about two ACLs and a shoulder reco later in your back. I'm excited, mate. So we'll have you quite a few times in this preseason. And I, I had this one in mind for you from the start when I thought about this one. I just want to go around the league and just, you know, do a little one word, word association with a team here. We're obviously... You know, everyone, every club's back in pre-season. COVID starting to wreak a bit of havoc here in Australia. We've had the news today. The Broncos, the Titans, and Manly have all uh, had big COVID numbers on their return. So I thought it'd be fun to go through the league, quickly go through one word association, hit a bit of a description, and move on to the next. So, Chris, when you're ready, mate, I want to start you off with the Brisbane Broncos. Give me what's your word for the Brisbane Broncos for the 2022 season. Yeah, so I think the word we're going to go for here is tidy. And I think the Broncos have done a lot of lot of tidy work in the not not just in the offseason, but in probably in the last six months as well. Since Ben Eichen has come in, there's been a fundamental shift in the club. They've had some great pickups in, in key positions with Reynolds coming in, uh, Kirk Capewell, proven winner. Um, and I think they're just they're building well. I think we're going to start to see the Broncos of old make a return uh, from 2022 onwards. Yeah, my, my word is dark horse. This is my dark horse team for 2022. I think there's a lot of other clubs that are getting a lot of smoke uh, blown up them. For me, the Broncos is the team. If I had to put my hard-earned money on a team to really improve from last year, I honestly think Brisbane can be a top eight contender. And I can even see them hitting, you know, low top four. That's that's the, that's the ceiling I see on this team. I think, like you said, A. Ray Capewell, under the radar signings, Jordan Pereira, Branko Lee, Billy Walters, you know, Ryan James coming in for a bit of impact and experience in the front row. I just think this is a this is a well-round team. Last year, there was a lot of close games they lost. Um, this is the team for me. I, I still have a bit of question marks about the coaching, but I think in terms of the playing roster, this is one can build on. You've got your superstar captain playmaker now in Reynolds. This is the team I can see going up here. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I think with Katoni Staggs coming back in, we missed most of last season as well. They do have a genuine strike outside back that uh, Reynolds and Co. will be able to build with. But I do like what you did there with the old dark horse for the Broncos. <laughs> Tidy work there. 100%, mate. Let's get on to the Bulldogs, mate. What's the word for the Bulldogs? Uh, I've gone with gamble. Um, obviously, the, there's a, an influx of, of new players coming in. Some of them sort of proven players, your Burtons and your Addo Cars, but they've also picked up a, a lot of more patchy players on one-year deals, sort of fighting for their career. In Matt Dufty, Paul Vaughan, um, I think they've had two very, very lean years. And I think I saw a stat one of the other days saying they're basically on track to be as bad as the Knights were in 2015 to 2017, which is yeah, quite catastrophic. But on paper, they have everything in place that could all come together or it could be even more of a catastrophic failure than it has been for the last two years. And it's, it's quite interesting to see where they end up. Yeah, I'm with you. My word's caution. Uh, this is the team that everyone is, is you know, betting on to make top eight, top four, dark horse premiership contender. To me, there's a lot of unproven players here. You've got Burden, first time leading a club by himself. 
Adokar out of the Melbourne system, Paul Vaughan after the barbecue, you know, Tavita Pengai, how many games am I getting out of him? Just a lot, a lot of questions. And, you know, Trent Barrett reports he's already fighting for his job, first six games. He's versing basically the top six from last year in those first six games. I, I worry, you know, this is to me is a 2023-2024 squad after a bit of repetition and a couple more signings. Still a lot of question marks for me, you know. So I'm with you. This is a gamble caution side. I would be, you know, I could see them, you know, the ceiling could be, you know, top six, but I can see them sitting right down in the bottom the bottom four as well. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens here. Yeah, I think they'll, they'll definitely improve on last year, but it, it's to what extent. And if, if it does all come together, I think they're going to be quite an exciting team to watch. But yeah, as you say, with TPJ there, Luke Thompson as well, how often will they get their best team actually on the field and not sitting uh, in the judiciary? The North Queensland Cowboys, mate, what's what's the word for them? I think it's it's flat. Um, I'm a big fan of Todd Payton. I, I think he he can do very good things, but last year was was not fantastic. And I think they haven't made substantial signings that will significantly improve the team this year. I mean, Peter Hiku will be interesting, but I don't think he's going to turn a team around. Um, uh, they've got some good young players there. The Hammer, uh, Tom Dearden looks like he might turn into a player one day, but is it all going to come together this year? Will, will Todd Payton be able to change the, the blueprint that he had last year and, and get the best out of some of the big players that he has, like uh, Jason Tomalolo? Yeah, for me, it's Spoon. This, to me, is the worst roster in the league. Uh, had some snickering from the fans in, in the back here. Tom Dearden, you know, we're waiting for it. I think he's twenty one, lost 20 of 21 games as a starting halfback. Uh, you know, Chad Townsend going up there on huge money. Yes, premiership winner, but, you know, how far is he going to get you? Tom Alolo, again, one of the best lock forwards of all time. Has the game passed him? Just so many question marks. Valentine on a huge contract playing in the wing, in the centers, a fullback. Don't know what it is. You know, you've got Reese Robson there, a hooker, still trying to incorporate an old Jake Granville in who's playing fullback last year at some times. It's a confused roster to me. And yes, Todd Payton did such a great job in those Warriors sides when it, they had the backs up against the wall, they had to perform. This to me, this roster, especially after Matt Scott, JT, Gavin Cooper, Michael Morgan, those essential four, once they all left, this is a confused roster to me. They don't know whether they just want to, you know, you've got your Helam Lukies, You've got your, you know, your young guys, your hammer, all those guys. Do you just go with the youth or do you try and bring in these older veterans on huge money? Because to me, it just seems confused. So, yeah, to me, it's a spoon. But we'll, we'll see. This is going to be an interesting one. Last year, a lot of people were saying that they could push for the eight, obviously finish where they did. This year, I think a lot of people are going to say consensus down the bottom. Do they outgrow that? It'll be interesting. But to me, I'm with you. It's, it's going to be a bit flat, a bit, you know, underwhelming until we see those some of those young guys really step up into some roles that I don't think they're there yet. Yeah, for sure. And I think the stuff on the horizon isn't great as well. You say Chad Townsend's come in. They've, they've now signed uh, Lucy Lelo for 2023. So uh, again, there, there's rocks and diamond stuff here and they're not cornerstones that you want to be putting a team around. Yeah, 100%. There might be a few more lean years after 22 as well. Yeah, to me, if well, this might be another podcast, but like, outlook for the next five years to me this looks like a five this is at least a five-year project because i don't actually don't see they're not they're not a destination club haven't got the feeder system that some of the other clubs have it'll be interesting but we'll move on to the next team the dragons chris what do we got for them 
Um, I've gone with rugged, and I think any team with with hook in charge is is going to be like this. The signings that they're making aren't you know flashy. They're not world beaters. There, there's nothing pretty about what uh, hook is building there at the Dragons. But you can be almost certain that they're never going to be competing for the wooden spoon. They're going to come in. They're, they're going to you know put in a performance on the pitch. It's not going to be revolutionary, but they're going to grind out some results. And I think the back end of last season was poor after. Uh, Paul Vaughan probably should have barbecued alone. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah, any team that's signing Aaron Woods doesn't inspire confidence in anyone, do they? No. And the, the word I've gone for, it's a bit optimistic. I've gone interesting. Um, there's just players on this team that I like, especially the young guys, you know, Sloan, Amone, Hunt. There's a couple of young guys in this team that I do like. Um, I'm still a huge fan of Ben Hunt. My colleagues got something to offer. There's a mix of veterans, but also some young guns out wide in the halves. Like, you know, to me, it's all about, like you said, Hook's going to be a, it's gonna be a gritty team that's not going to blow teams out. They're not going to play a flashy style. Um, you know, also interesting for their off-season contracts. You know, Jack Bird's off contract, Ben Hunt's off contract for next, the year after the next. So there's some really key cogs to this team, and they've been doing the one, two-year signings of Burgess, Sewer, all these guys in the front row as well. So to me, the Dragons are in this spot where they're not like the Cowboys. There's definitely some some optimism and they've got some n- not really bad contracts where they'll be able to move them in a couple of seasons. But for next season, I don't really see them fighting for a top eight spot. I think it's going to be more of, you know, bottom eight, but how how fast those young guys can step into roles that they need to and perform well. Yeah, for sure. I think it's, it's definitely a, a holding pattern but preparing for a brighter future. My permanent eels, Chris, what, what, what's the word for them? Uh, ultimatum. I think the, all, all the word from the, the offseason so far is can they actually retain a player, let alone looking at any substantial recruitment. And it does feel as though they're on the precipice this year of something really good, beat Melbourne you know, twice in, in quite commanding circumstances, ruined the, the 19 uh, game streak as well. So they've got all of the potential to to compete as a top four team, but is this the last year that they're going to get to to keep this roster together and to actually be able to put something there, or is it going to start to fall away in the coming years? Um, losing IPAP, um, there's some some substantial signings that need to be made for 2023 onwards um, to to ensure that they can continue to compete. But is this the last year they're going to get, or is it going to be adding to that 30? 40 years of misery um, since they've actually won a premiership. Yeah, I'm with you, mate. Unknown is my word. Um, you know, Reed Marnie, IPAP, Nia Kore, all gone. You know, you look at Madison and Dylan Brown, they're off contract. There's a lot of question marks. I'm enjoying the fact that we've got some youngsters that are coming through with Son of Blood. Think of Hayes Dunsar, think of Will Penasini, think of Will Gregg. Um, you know, we've let a couple of young young stars go in the last couple of years, like a Stefano is probably the biggest one, obviously. I'm really wanting them to, if we need a bottom out for a couple of seasons here, but really let some of the young guys come through and perform, I'm okay with that. You know, we had a good run here the last four years as a Parramatta fan, consistently around the top four battle, had some really good teams. And I think we were still, when you have a guy like Gutho and Moses wrapped up, um, you're going to get some performance of Junior Paul, our best player, recently re-signed. But I think it's time for these young guys to really come through. Let's find the new hooker. You know, if Dylan Brown wants to go on big money, let him go. Let's find a new half. I'm ready to see this. I don't want to see them, you know, fall into the Cowboys where they're overpaying for players. I want them to 
nurture their young guys that they, you know, they've got in their ranks, let them come through, don't let them go to other clubs and keep that core, you know, group of four or five players that will make them compete week in, week out, but maybe not beat Melbourne, like you said, in those couple of times last year. Yeah, and I think losing Reed is is obviously a huge, huge thing because for me as an outsider, he looks like a potential future captain of a club. And I suspect that he'll go to the dogs and do amazing things. But the, the club's made a call and, and that's a decision that they've made. And only time will tell if it will pan out. Hopefully they've made the right decision there and, and prioritising someone like Gutho, who's a genuine club man, may be more beneficial in bringing those younger guys through than it would have been banking on, on Reed and hoping that his shoulder holds up. So um, I think it's maybe an interesting year. I think they'll be right up there. And given how open the comp may be this year, it could be one for them to stumble over into. 100%. Newcastle Knights, Chris, go. Uh, I've got crossroads. Uh, as a, and it's not a Phoenix Crossland joke. It's just the, I think it's the right word to go with here. Um, yeah, losing Pierce is obviously huge. He's been instrumental to them turning things around over the last five years. And yeah, much aligned. Uh, much maligned, sorry, um, as a player um, in terms of is he the right person to lead a team around? But I think he's done quite well since he's been there. Um, and obviously now Ponga is potentially coming to the end of his tenure. Um, so I think the, the Knights really need to make some big decisions to determine where they're going to end up moving forward beyond 2022 because they don't want to go back to the, the dark days of 2015-16 and the, the Tinkler era. Do they prioritise keeping Ponga and getting the right pieces around him or do they do they blow everything up and, and try and start again? Yeah, that doesn't seem great, but I think getting players, um, they've got some decent players in Clifford, I think is a, a good pickup. Um, but yeah, I think it's very much a, a transition year for them to decide the next five years and, and what that plan looks like. For me, it's monumental. This is a monumental season of the Newcastle history. Kalen Ponga, to me, is the man. Um, you know, does he go to the Dolphins? Does he go to the All Blacks? Does he stay with the Knights and resign for another five years? The, you can't you can't go into a 2022 season with Adam Clune and Jay Clifford as your halves. You can't do it. Uh, you kind of feel these crossings as your first man up. I'm sorry. You've got a great forward pack. You said that last year. You got rolled multiple times. You said you had some good outside backs. You got Dane Gagai, who's advanced his career. You got Brandon Best, who can't stay on the park. This to me is all about you've got to perform this year. Adam O'Brien needs to be that coach that we all thought he was going to be. Kalen Ponga, whether it's fullback, whether it's 5'8", needs to center and be that player. If he doesn't, I could see him walking. And if he does walk, show me where the next player of the Newcastle Knights you know, franchise guy is. You can't tell me it's the Saifidi brothers. You can't tell me it's Jaden Braley. You've got to, you've got to show me that, that impact superstar because right now they've got that. And like you said, Go back to those 2013-2016 Knights teams. That's when you take out Kalen Ponga, it starts to look like that, doesn't it? You know, they had Case Snow and they had Luke Douglas. You had those guys. It's getting very close. And this is a huge, huge season. You know, they've been it's quietly very unwatchable for the last couple of years. They play a very hard brand of footy to watch. And you take out Kalen Ponga out of the mix, and all of a sudden we could be looking at some pretty bad sides again. Yeah, for sure. Um I hadn't, hadn't quite clicked in my head that it's a, a Clune-Clifford combination that we're heading into the season for. And again, it doesn't inspire confidence if you're a Knights fan and it definitely doesn't get a neutral fan involved in wanting to watch a game on a Saturday afternoon, does it? Not at all. The Penrith Panthers, the defending premiers, mate. What is it? Uh, I'm going with motivation. 
I think they've they've had a blockbuster two years that have been at the peak of of the competition, and it's just a case of now that they've they've gotten over the threshold and actually won it. If they can maintain that, is the fire still going to be in the belly, or do, do some of these boys regress a little bit? Going, we've reached the pinnacle. What else is there? And and it'd be up to Ivan and, and Co to make sure that they're they're going to be able to grind out those games that they've been able to do so well over the last two seasons, or are they just going to give up some of those easy wins in, in the hope that they get it all right come September? Yeah, for me, it's Cleary. This is all about Nathan Cleary. Does he stay on the park? Can, can he can he drive this team? Because as we've seen, this is his, this is his seventh season now, and for me, it's all about if he stays fit. We've seen that he's a proven game winner now, and for me, it's all about now. If him and Luai can stay healthy, if him and Dylan Edwards, you know, there's so many game breakers in this side. We've seen that there's multiple, multiple ways to win with this Panthers team now. If Nathan Cleary is on the park, there's a clear way to win. He's going to run the ball, kick the ball, pass the ball, whatever he needs to do. It's all about Nathan Cleary now. He's very close now being the best player in the comp. There's obviously a lot of turbo versus Teddy talk, but, you know, quietly, Nathan Cleary's won the most games out of his first, you know, seven years in the league. He's going to very soon get a Dally M. He's got the Clive Church. He's got the Premiership. It's all about Cleary to me. And, you know, if he's on the park, they're, they're going to go in as the favourite to win the comp next year. And, you know, if he stays fit, why not go back to back? For sure. For sure. Uh, I don't think I've seen someone with such a command of the game in a long time. And I think you're able to, to put role players around him very easily and still maintain the, the momentum. So I think it's still there. They've still got the core of the team. They haven't really lost anyone too substantial that would fundamentally change the way they need to play. Um, it's just putting it on the pitch week in and week out. All right, let's go on to the South Sydney Rabbitohs, mate. What, what's the word for them for 2022? Uh, the word for the Rabbits is rejuvenation. Obviously, um, they've made the big call to not stick with Adam Reynolds for another uh, season. Um, and let him go to take up the big offer with the Broncos. And they're, they're sort of banking on Cody and Damian Cook here to bring the young fellas through. Um, they've got a good core there, but also with Wayne Bennett moving on now, it, it, it's a year of change. And it's going to be a case of can you know, Demetrio and the young fellas come through and, and maintain the momentum that they've had over the last few years. Um, and it was it the right call to, to let Reynolds go, to, to bank on Cody being the the stronger head in that organisation. Uh, I think they can. I think they'll still be quite strong this year. Blake Tuff and all look to be good players, um, but I don't think they're going to be quite as good as they were over the last few years. I think Reynolds has been quite instrumental to the way they play and it's going to be a bigger loss than, than many people think. For me, it's improved is my word. And the reason why Ooh. is because, yes, the super coach is out, but the super coach... Think about Damian Cook before Wayne Bennett, um, you know, ran the ball consistently, always threatening our dummy half. You look at a Blake Taff, it reminds me of a kind of a young Cody Walker, the way he's running style. Latrell Mitchell was looking as one of the best fullbacks in the comp last year for spurts. To me, this has a chance to be, you know, an improved Rabbitoh side from what they were. And that sounds silly because they were obviously third last year and can go punch a punch with a lot of teams. But to me, you look at the games they lost, those back-to-backs by 50 where, you know, the Storm and the and the Panthers put it on them. To me, with um, a new coach, now Dimitri coming in, is there a renewed focus of getting Cook out of dummy half? 
Cody Walker being the lead playmaker, tough coming on the back of that. You got a guy like Marzullis maybe coming off the bench and in that Benji Marshall spot and coming through and doing some damage through the middle. To me, this is a chance to be a lot more improved side. And if Latrell Mitchell can keep his, you know, head on the game and can be there for the 26 rounds, you know, him, AJ, you look at like a guy like Campbell Graham, can he stay fit? You know, they've obviously lost a couple of guys in the team in uh, Braden Burns. Um, you know, let's we'll see what Josh Mansour is this season. But to me, it's a chance to be improved, and it's really through Damian Cook and through going through the middle. Yeah, for sure. And I think uh, that combination with Cam Murray up the guts, Murray's quick play of the balls as well, should should be able to facilitate that. And Mamazoulis off the bench, maybe Cookie doesn't have to play 80 anymore, and you'll, you'll get the best of both of them by utilising a, a dual hooker combination there. And I think they're the things that you probably wouldn't have been able to see under Bennett because he was sticking with what was working. And it's a chance for change and it's a chance for, for a fresh breath of, fresh breath of life for the, the Rabbitohs this season. Canberra Raiders, mate. I've gone with Sticky. Um, sticky by name and Sticky by nature. I, I don't think we've ever really seen a good halfback uh, play better under Ricky. And, and now we're trying another year and another halfback. Um, their forward pack is good on paper. Their outside backs are young. Great. But I think it's all going to come down to, to how Fergie fits into that team. And if you can unlock some of that stuff, uh, my money's on no. And I think the Raiders are going to continue to slide back down the pack. But uh, for their sake, I hope they, they look a bit better than they did at Patches last year because there was a, a few grim games for them. I'm going to steal one of yours, mate. It's ultimatum for me. This is the year. Is Ricky Stewart's last season? It could potentially be that, depending on the results. You know, we went in the last season, they've got two forward packs, you know, an A and a B squad. None of them really stood up. You look at the half his George Williams went home. Chance was out with injury. Now you come through, is Chance going to be the fullback? Is Savage going to be the fullback? Fogarty coming down, being there. Nick Kotrick coming back down. You know, it's all question marks. George Hodgson's last season, do they maybe start Tom Starling and play less of Hodgson because he's leaving the following season? A lot of question marks, but to me, there can't be two back-to-back bad seasons. The Ross is good enough to, you know, push for that top four. If the players don't buy in on what stick he's selling, it might be a change. And, you know, does Laurie Daly go in there? Does someone, does they bring in another coach? To me, it's it's all up in the air, but this is really kind of a last hurrah for this Canberra team as we know it. Yeah. And it's felt that for large parts of the last couple of years, Sticky has been untouchable. Um, and you can't continue to go season after season with your coach not being questioned at all. Um, was 19 just a flash in the pan? Or can Sticky start to turn his team back around and get them back there again? Because yeah, on last year's results, it, it seems that it's just a slide. Yeah, 100%. Sydney Roosters, what's the word for them in 2022? I've gone Band-Aid. Um, and I think off the back of last year, uh, they were decimated completely. And I think it's a, a great opportunity for them to build upon that, to, to come out even stronger. You're going to get guys like Kiri and Co back. Um, you know, Kiri's going to be refreshed. The knee's going to be good. The body's going to be ready to go. Um, hopefully no more concussion problems for him. But it's also meant that they've had a great chance to blood players like Sam Walker well before they wanted to. Um, I think under... On the Robbo, you probably don't have a better coach to manage that successfully through the year. And I don't think we'll be seeing Sam Walker week in and week out from round one. But I think they'll all be better for the time spent on the pitch last year. Players like Lindsay Collins will be able to come back 
and and put in a, a massive shift. And I, I think the Roosters are a, a top two team this season, uh, probably due to the adversity that they faced last year, not in spite of it. Yeah, for me, it's underrated. Even though you think they're top two, I think there's a lot of people that are underselling what they did last year. You look at the names they lost, Cordner, Friend, and the Morris boys. But you bring in, like you said, Kiri and Collins are basically new signings, essentially. They didn't play much last year. Um, you know, obviously, Brandon Smith signed for 2023. That's in the future. But right now, this team, the fact that you can bring in probably the second-best playmaker in the comp in Luke Kiri, James Desco had a down year and still was playing fantastic. You know, Pomo Morofsky, that's a good signing in the backs to really get you through where you were pretty short last year. I think this team has just got – is one of the best coaches in the comp, one of the best rosters in the comp, and one of the best traditions and, you know, motivations in the comp. To me, that it's way too early to pick a grand final, but for me, I would love to put the Roosters in there because we saw Luke Curie did for two and a half rounds last year. He lit the comp up. And if he can be there for 26 rounds, if Collins – Takiyaho and Hargreaves can be the three-headed monster in the forward pack, pushing the pushing teams around. And then you have guys in the backs like Joey Manu taking the next step forward with Tupo, Momorowski, Naguama coming back, potentially getting some game time. To me, it's all about, you know, does the experience and the, the brain power in this Rooster side, can they match it with, you know, the quality of that Melbourne and Panthers storm and Panthers and Storm packs? Because to me, I think they absolutely can. Yeah, for sure. I think on paper, it, it's all there. And yeah, they've been absolutely decimated the last couple of seasons. And yeah, you wouldn't hope for it to happen again. If this is the one season that can keep people out there and, and fresh and ready to go, I think we're going to see the the Roosters of 18 and 19 back again. Mainly Seagulls, Chris? Uh, I'm going with Hamstrung. Uh, they're definitely this season. And yeah, thankfully for my super coach team. Um, an over-reliance on Tommy Turbo. Um, but it, it's not just Turbo and his dodgy hamstrings. It's it's a case of, yeah, have they pigeonholed themselves into being a one-man team where everything is relying on him and to a lesser extent DC as well? Or can some of these young fellas start to really come through? Will Paseca um, continue to develop? Will Schuster become you know, an origin potential player? Or is it going to be a case of pass it to Tommy and hope he runs over eight people again? Because it works for most weeks and maybe teams will have to just get a tractor out and hope they can stop him that way. But it's not a game plan that you want to go into a season depending on. Yeah, this is probably the easiest one for me. It's one-man band. Uh, what else is there to say? If Turbo's out there and playing well, they're a premiership threat. If he's out, not out there or he's got a bit of down form, they're a bottom eight team. That's basically what this Manly team has turned into now. It's if Turbo is there and, and firing, there's there's no limit to what they can do. If he's not out there and not firing, they're basically like 10 of the other co- sides in the comp. It's as simple as that. There's no real, you can go into the Schuster's and the Cherry Evans, the Forens, you know, all these different, you know, all the Kawatu to power. They've got such a great roster, but it feeds through one man. Yeah. And, that one man was able to make Jason Saab look like a Ferrari. So if he can do it for another season, so be it. I know who I'll be drafting first in Supercoach. All right, beautiful. Yeah, 100%. If you can make Jason Saab look like that, then no problem. But we'll go on to a couple more teams here. The Cronulla Sharks, mate. What's the, what's their one? Uh, I'm going with a, an Aussie classic, the Bradbury's. 
So I, I think the, they are a, a genuine smoky to be able to stumble across the line and win. Um, I think a lot of the top teams, as we, we've touched upon already, have had some roster shifts and they're not going to be quite up the, the ladder as they were before. And I think the Sharks have recruited really well. Cam McInnes is a massive in. Um, I think Nico Hines will be able to, to play well down there. And I think that they could genuinely pose a, a top four threat this year. And you know, will, will Craig Fitzgibbon be able to, to bring it all together? I think he can. Um, I think there's a lot of promising signs in the Shire. Expectations is my word. Like you said, you know, Fanukan, Hines, Ikavalu, Cameron McInnes. Obviously, that's the big four signings. They've already got a good playing roster there. Um, it's all about expectations. You know, they're going to be expected to make the eight. Some people are going to expect them to make the four. Can Ken McInnes on a bad knee, you know, pick up where he left off? Can Nico Hines leave that Melbourne system and be a consistent player? Can Matt Ikavalu not just be finishing tries off the back of Luke Keery and James Tedesco? It's all to be it's all to be said, you know, who partners um Hines in the half is a Moylan is a Trindle. You know, is, is that forward pack besides Fanukan? You know, is Tolman still going to set up? Is Hamnuelli going to take that step forward we all expected? Is James Graham not going to be concussed? Nakora going to kick on? So many questions that I have for this team, but they've got the talent, they've got the roster, they've got the new coach, they've got the star signings. It's all about expectations and how they can manage it. Yeah, for sure. And I think it's, it's going to be a case of they're going to be benchmarked against Melbourne more so than they ever have before with the likes of Finucane and Hines coming in. And it'll be a case of, well, can they replicate the form that they've had previously? Are they going to be that strong head that every club wants to sign when they sign someone like a Finucane to come in? If it's like Tamo at the Tigers. Are you going to get prime Tamo or are you just going to get a plotter that runs around and collects a paycheck? The Melbourne Storm. Uh, I'm going with, again, and I think at this time of the year, every year, um, there's a, an argument to say the storm have regressed and they're going backwards and this will finally be the season that it doesn't happen for them. Um, white powder, it, everything has seemed to gone wrong for the storm this year. So I suspect them to come out and absolutely dominate everyone yet again. Um, I, I don't think this is the season that it, it's going to go wrong. I think Munster is going to come out and have a great year. I think all the pieces are still there. Hughes really kicked on last season. Um, and they're putting the chips in the Harry Grant bucket, which I think is the right choice as well. So I think it's just going to be another year of the storm march on. Yeah, standard for me. So that's, that's the word I'm going to use, standard. Every year we go into the comp, you know, who are the premiership contenders? You know, it's normally three or four, but it's always Melbourne. Um, you know, Cam Munster, I backed him for Dalian last year. Could be this year. Could be Jerome Hughes, the way he played last year. If Pappenhausen can stay on the field, it could be that. There could be some players moving on. We've already seen, you know, a couple of players have moved on from that Melbourne system. You know, Nico Hines and Adekar being the ones this year. Uh, but you look at a guy like Xavier Coates, you know, played, in, played at Brisbane. That's probably the big signing for this year. He's going to come down now. And can he be you know, the next Fox and is he scoring six tries next season? We're all laughing that, you know, Brisbane let him go. It's going to be very fascinating. Like you said, the now that cheese is gone for 2023, this is, this is the Harry Grant show. And how is he going to perform? Can you play 80 minutes week in, week out? Are they going to play? Are they going to find that second hooker to go in behind him? And can that forward pack, you know, come a is going to be gone for the start of the season. You suspect within the stand down policy, Felice Cafusi signed with a new club next year. Brandon Smith signed with a new club next year. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens. But again, all these changes, you just don't doubt Melbourne. Until, they, until they're until they ninth or 10th and can't make the finals, I'm not going to bet against them. 
uh, I think I'll need to see Bellamy's grave before I ever bet against them. 100%. couple more here. The West Tigers, Chris. Uh, I'm going with returns. I think it's a year of returns for them. Tim Sheens is back and, and seems to be making a few waves, some smart decisions. And I think that it's probably just a positive for the club to have someone that was involved in the one year that things seem to click and gel back around. And I think the other one that I want to touch upon is Jackson Hastings returning from the UK. I think it's, it has the potential to be fantastic and to alleviate some of the pressure that was on Brooks and Adam Dewey last season. Um, will it happen? Will it not? <laughs> the, the Tigers always yeah, offer a lot and seem to underdeliver. So I think will they return to the glory days or will they return to yeah, 10th and 11th? I'm going to say 10th and 11th. Optimism for me. I actually do think I backed them for the spoon last year. Um, pretty close on it, but this year I'm excited. You know, second year, Dan Laurie, let's see what happens. Jackson Hastings being the primary playmaker and Luke Brook being the secondary. Let me let me see it. Um, you know, obviously Coruscant is coming there in 23. I want to see Little and Simpkins really fight for that number nine jersey and so see you can back up Appy. Um, you know, the four-pack. Stefano, like I said, he, to me, he's going to be an origin player in the next year or two. So let me see him really transform. Lucy is going to the Cowboys, but, you know, might have someone to prove. I just think this team has a lot of a lot of players that I like individually. Adam Dewey will obviously come back from that ACL at some stage as well. They've got guys on the edges as well, Mamalo and Nofaluma that we all love. So... This is an optimism, an optimistic side. Do I think they're going to make the eight? Again, like you said, probably ninth place ridden all over them. But, you know, compared to where they could have been and, you know, some of the other clubs we've talked about, this is a side that I actually would like to be for the next five years because there's some building pieces already with some smart signings and, you know, some turnovers or some contracts could be very interesting. Yeah, for sure. And and another one that I think will partner Stefano for many years to come is Sean Bloor. Um, the kid's got talent written all over him and I think if they can keep the, the crux of that together I think the words that we'll be using come the start of the 2023 season um, will be a lot more promising for the Tigers as well Second last one here, the Gold Coast Titans um, I'm going with shootout um, I think this this team has Toyota Cup scores written all over them um, and I think you, we're going to see a lot of uh, games won or lost by 30 um, I think the, the spine in the, the structure that looks at it's taking now is going to be incredibly exciting, but also prone to a catastrophic failure every now and then. And if they can start to unleash Dave Fafita, we could see them racking up 20 to 30 points in the space of 15 minutes quite easily. Um, but is moving Brimson to six the right idea? Uh, I don't think so, but I think it's going to be very entertaining to watch to see how they turn out this season. I hate to put my word on this one, but they have to do it for this team for this season. It's overrated. I think this Gold Coast Titans team, again, I was one of those ones pushing the smoke up the last year. I think they're going backwards. I think a Sexton-AJ combo in attack, like you said, let's go some cup scores, but defensively, I can see it really not working. Jaden Campbell had a couple of good games last year. Now there's tape on him. Let's see what happens there. You know, that forward pack, you know, we know Fafita, we know Tino, we know Mo Fortawaka. You know, no, still no hooker to steer them around the park. The outside backs all got tested last year. Don, Sammy, uh, Kelly, Thompson all had injury or form drops last year. To me, 
Jamal was a player that I would not have liked to have lost. I know they why they wanted to get him out of the club, but to me, this has this has a high variance. They could go up to fifth. I could see this team going like as low as 14th, to be honest. Uh, it's going to be very, very interesting to see. I want to see some off-season workouts, get some stories out of the camp, see some trials before the game one. But, you know, super coach, normal NRL ladder position. I worry about this team because I can go one or two ways. Yeah, for, for sure. Uh, and I think we'll see a lot of 36-34s, but I think we'll see a lot of 36 nils against them as well. Um, and it's just, if it clicks, it's going to be brilliant to watch. Um, but can can they keep clicking? And will, will this team develop and grow and give them a stable base to then move into the next five years as a brilliant young team that have been able to pull it all together and start to be a, a genuine contender for years to come? Let's round it out, Chris, with your team as the New Zealand Warriors. Uh, might as well just kick them out of the comp now. <laughs> um, the word I'm going with is, is stagnant. It, it's been two years of playing away from home. And yeah, at least for the first half of the year, it's another year. Um, I think every year, every Warriors fan says yeah, this is the year. O- on paper, it looks like a fantastic squad. Great forward pack. Uh, Lodge and Fanua, great gut front. There's, there's a lot to be positive about. And yet, yeah, as a Warriors fan, it just feels like a, a year of nothingness is coming up. Um, the, Nathan Brown doesn't inspire a lot of confidence. Um, and I think for the first time in a long time, this is one of the years where I suspect us to be closer to the bottom of the table than you know, a perennial top eight challenger. Um, it just it feels very, very stagnant. Not, not too much happening. Well, you know what, Chris? You got your silver and black glasses on as a damaged Warriors fan. Let me let me help you out here and give you a bit of optimism. I'm going to balanced. I think this team's got a little, little bit of youth, a little bit of experience. Sean Johnson versus Reese Walsh. You know, Rocco Berry coming in in that back line. I, I like that. You got some guys in that forward pack that are really, obviously you've got your Lodge, your AFB. You've got your Tohu when he comes back, you know, relatively early. But then you look at the young guys, you know, Josh Curran, Jack Murchie, Alicia Katoa. There's there's talent on this roster. And yes, Nathan Brown. We're all not Nathan Brown fans. We've made that pretty clear on this podcast. But, you know, when you've got a guy like Reese Walsh, when you've got the returning Sean Johnson, whose heart's always been in New Zealand, when you when you don't overpay for a guy like Peter Hiku, um, you know, that shows growth in your club. You know, you didn't give him the $700,000 contract that he wanted. Um, and you're going to let some of the young guys roll into that back line. You know, Amasilo Montoya, you picked up off the scrap heap off the Bulldogs, has performed well for you. This is not typically what the Warriors do. You know, they'll overpay for Brent Tate at the end of the career. They'll overpay for the Ryan Hoffman at the end of the career. Um, I think this is a balanced side. Yes, the coaching is always going to be probably second best in the, in the matchup, but you've got a, enough spark in your spine. You know, if you could get, a, you know, even a Wade Egan at number nine, who I've never been a fan of, really grew on me last year, could get the ball out of me half, was really, really potent at running. To me, it's all about if this team can stay healthy and can stay disciplined because they're probably going to be, you know, on talent, they could match nearly anyone. It's all about the discipline and can they stay in it for 80 minutes. And if they can, like we did last year, multiple games of really high completion rates, and that's how they're able to win some of those games in those scrap heaps that they had. This is a team that could win some games and then crack the eight. So I know you've, you're a damaged Warriors fan, years and years of turmoil, but I actually see potential in this side. All right, I'm feeling it. 
this is our year again. <laughs> We're on board. Mate, this has been fun. Thank you for coming on, mate. No worries, mate. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me around again. And hopefully the first of many that come soon. 100%. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Have a great day and hear from you soon. Cheers.